Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Ugh, yeah, so I guess it's your turn. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what you have to tell me. Yeah, so we're going to, this is a little bit of a change of direction. It's not so much a conspiracy theory this time, but it's also kind of a story uh, that fringes on some weird stuff. We are going to be talking about Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney Hill. Okay. So they are this couple and they are, I don't, I think they're, I think they're a little older. I think they're in their like 50s. They sound old. Betty and Barney. This this does take place in the early 60s. Sounds like a... Betty and Barney. Andy Griffith. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. These are actually just like side characters on that show. So this happened, this this whole thing starts on September 19th, 1961, when the Hills were driving back to their home in Portsmouth, Portsmouth? Portsmouth, from a vacation in Niagara Falls. So they're in New Hampshire and they're driving, and it's kind of late, and Betty observes this bright point of light Okay. In the sky. Okay. That came like just under them between the moon and Jupiter. I like, may come, know this. Comes out. Right? So he's driving, he's coming down this way. It's called Route 3 that he's driving down. And it's also. Oh, wait, what state are we in? We're in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of names of like landmarks and stuff that I talk about, but just keep in mind they're on a mountainous road in New Hampshire. Okay. So she sees this light and they also have their dog with them. Their dog is named Densley. Delcy, sorry, their dog's named Delcy, and she sees this like light moving really erratically and growing like closer to them. So she gets she gets Barney to stop the car. So she convinces Barney to pull over, and they stop at this picnic spot uh, just south of Twin Mountain. So it's just a picnic spot in this mountainous range. They have some binoculars with them, and Betty is looking through the binoculars at this bright kind of light thing in the sky, and she observes an odd-shaped craft flashing multicolored lights uh, as it travels across the face of the moon. So it's just passing in front of the face of the moon, but it's got all these crazy lights. And a few years prior, her sister had claimed to have seen a flying saucer, so Betty thought that might be what she was also seeing. Okay. She shows it to Barney. You know, I guess they're just walking the dog, having letting the dog take a piss or whatever. And Barney kind of says, oh, it's just a plane flying to, you know, Montreal or whatever. But based on the way that it moved, it seemed to come closer to them without changing direction. And at this point, he kind of he, he kind of joins her in the thought that, oh, this pro- this doesn't seem like a plane based mm-hmm. on the way that it's moving. So they get Seems back... Seems like an unidentified, unidentified flying, flying object? object, almost. Something... I wonder what... That, that would make a great abbreviation. That's weird. So they got back in their car, and they drive towards... The Franconoa Notch, which is just a narrow mountainous stretch of road and just another landmark in this New Hampshire roadway that they're taking on US-3. Okay. So they're driving for a while. They're driving really slowly so they can observe this thing because it's coming closer. they can still see it. They can still see it, yeah. At one point, it, it went above like a restaurant and like a, like a signal tower and came out near this monument called the Old Man of the Mountain, which is like this etched sort of mountain face that's kind of crumbled over time, but it used to kind of look like a person's face. 
but it's since crumbled in, in over time. Like Mount Rushmore, but in but natural New Jersey or natural. Oh, Rushmore, okay. Yeah, it wasn't anything that was well to my knowledge. I don't. I don't really. I didn't do any research on the old man of the mountain, but that's what I saw. So she says that it this this whatever it was was one and a half times the length of the cliff's profile, which was about forty feet. So she's saying this thing is one and a half times larger than 40 feet. Well, which by my calculations is one million, one million-ish feet. Yes. Yeah. Additionally, it was rotating. Oh, uh, weird. So it's moving all erratically back and forth, but it seems to be kind of they're they're keeping pace with each other, and so they keep going and. And they're just following this in their car. They're driving still home, but I guess they're driving slow, and it's either keeping pace or. Yeah. They're following it, I don't know. But they're still heading home. Okay. At one point, this object just comes at them real fast, and it causes Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. Ugh! So it's right in front of them, and above them. The Probably like uh, 80-ish feet above them, in front of them. Wow. Yeah. And so they say that it filled the entire view of their windshield. Uh, Even that high up. Yeah, and Barney said it looked like a pancake. That's what he related oh. it to later. So it looked like a giant pancake. He was packing a pistol, as you do. So he jumps up out of the car and is kind of he moves closer to the, whatever this thing is, mm -hmm. and he has the binoculars and he claims to have seen somewhere between eight and eleven figures that were like seemingly what? humanoid peering out of the craft <gasps> towards them. Wait, so he sees this like He's like he's got, he's got his gun out, it's dark, it's ten thirty, but there's this big fucking thing in front of him. He looks through the binoculars and he, and can he see sees them through this like plate of light. Humanoids in the windows. Because oh. there's windows. Okay. All at once they all kind of made a move, except for one of them, and they all kind of encircled this one portion of the craft. The one guy looking at him, I guess, communicates to him somehow like telepathically? To, to, to keep looking. Stay where you are and keep looking. Ugh. So he remembers them as wearing glossy, like, black clothing and black hats. And there were, like, like wings kind of coming off of the Ugh. spaceship. And so a long kind of structure descended from the bottom of the craft just kind of came down out of it and started to approach them. But he could already see the... the he could see he them could in see it, the and then this thing kind of comes out beneath it. They he all kind of go to work. He could already see that they were wearing those things? Yeah, he was just... that close, I guess, that they could oh, see Oh, wow. That. Okay. So then the thing starts moving toward them. So he rips the binoculars off, runs back, gets in the car, and he's like, yo, they're about to get us. His actual words were, they're going to capture us. <gasps> right then, they're like, the vessel is right over top of them. Wow. He tries to drive away as fast as he can and tells Betty, his wife, to can, like look at it, keep an eye on it. And so she rolls her window down and like immediately they hear this series of like buzzes and beeps and Ugh. all this stuff. And it seems to like ping off of their car. Oh, no. The car vibrated and they, they say that they felt like a sensation, like a tingle through their bodies. Okay. They, they, they say that at this point, the hills collectively lose track of space and time. Wait, and they, the, the hills, this Betty and Barney, at this point when they hear this buzzing oh, they, and beeps, oh, okay. something happens to their minds. Yeah. And they become disconnected. They are 
disassociated from whatever Fucking is happening. Maybe, they're, they're fucked up. We don't know maybe really what Maybe being happens. abducted. So a second series of bump, like beeps and buzzes happen, and they wake up and found that they have traveled almost 40 miles south of where they had started when what? they blacked out, but had no real memories of how they got there. They recalled making a sudden unturn, unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock block, and observing a fiery red orb in the road. Those are their initial Ew. memories. Yeah. So in their fuzzy brains, they kind of just remember making a stop, turning around, hitting a roadblock, and seeing some fiery thing on the road after what happened. Okay. Okay? So they get home around sunup. They said so they had some weird impulses that they really couldn't get their heads around, like Betty putting their luggage outside of the back door rather than inside of the house. Their watches stopped working. Uh-huh. Barney said that he had that the leather strap on their binoculars was torn, though he couldn't remember it being broken. Okay. The toes of his best like shoes were scraped. And Varney was like... Were those the shoes that he I, was wearing? It doesn't, I don't know. I think... I assume so, yeah. Okay. And also, he really needed to, like, check his balls. Wait, he what? He was, like, overwhelmed with this, like, I gotta check my balls out. I gotta, like, check what? my genitals. That's just what it is. Wait, he was, what? He was, Why? Oh, I, well, we'll get to it. He was, like, overwhelmed with, <laughs> like, I gotta, I gotta examine my genitals. I gotta check my shit out. Ew. Yeah. He found nothing weird, luckily. <laughs> and they both took long showers and then drew pictures... Okay. Of what they felt they had observed. Okay. Right? Sure. So they try to re they try to put together everything that happened. Mm-hmm. But they found that after they heard the buzzing sounds when they rolled down their windows, they can't remember shit. Everything is wonky. Everything is like a blackout. So they sleep for a few hours. Betty gets up and all the clothes she was wearing um, in her closet. But she finds that her dress is torn. At the hem, zipper, and the lining. Wait, all the... Wait, what? So she... Just the clothes that she had been wearing that evening, she just kind of stuffs into the closet. Oh, she stuffed them. And her dress is ripped, like, in every possible place. I thought you said she found them in the closet. No, she put them in there. She put them in the closet. Okay. She... Later, I guess, she went back and, like, looked at them, and her clothes were covered in, like, a... Like, a pink powder. She hung the clothes up, and the powder... Yeah. Went away. (gasps) She threw the dress away... Wait. ...after that, and then later pulled it back out. But there was, it was covered in some kind of weird powder. She hung it up and the powder dissipated. I guess she hung it up on a clothesline and the wind oh, kind of swept weird. it Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and, and she kept the dress and it was subject to like a bunch of scientific studies over the years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was conclusive or what they found out. Mm-hmm. There were shiny circles on the car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. Like circles, oh, okay. like really well done circles. Shiny circles. And they... Because the car was really dusty, and they just... A, well, they just said there were shiny circles okay. on the car. We don't know if it's... Right. We don't know if the car was dirty. I don't know anything about that. But right. they were, like... Kind of th- I, the way I see it is, like, mini, like, crop circles on uh-huh. their car. It's yeah. kind of, like, the imprint that I see in my mind. Okay. And apparently they, like, ran a compass kind of over those circles, and when they got them close to the spot, the compass would freak out. Okay. And this is just on their car, just, like... Uh-huh. Ten days-ish after their seeming encounter, Mm -hmm. Betty has five nights of incredibly vivid dreams. Okay. 
so I don't know in the in the way that I found it. It's kind of all laid out as one story, but I assume it's like one dream, second dream, third dream. She even tells her boy Barney about it, and he's just like, "Okay, yeah, uh, that's crazy." Yeah, she's so like, "That's yeah. who was a po- apparently supposed to have been who was with there her with, her, with yeah. all through all of this." Yeah, and she became a huge advocate into like the space abduction, uh, alien abduction. But did she like? physically record any of this stuff? No. Or? As I've as I've laid it out to you is how it happened okay. to them. They weren't Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Barney was like he was like there for her but he didn't really get So a even shit. though she was like, this happened to both of us, he's now like He's I think sure, he was, sure, 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 sure. I think he was trying to put it behind him. But he was also just kind of like, yeah, yeah, my, yeah. whatever my wife says. He wasn't like actively saying the same things that well, she was. Well we'll get to that. Uh, okay. so she writes down these details of her dream and as I said, their one of their memories is that they hit a roadblock, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. kind of what they remember happening. In her dream, they're driving, her and Barney, and they hit a roadblock, and men surround their car. Mm-hmm. She blacks out and yeah. like, fights to wake back up again. She loses consciousness and wakes back up. When she wakes back up, she's realized she's being uh, like kind of forcibly moved by two small men to walk into a forest in the nighttime. Oh, she sees she sees Barney, but he's like in a trance. He's like sleepwalking or whatever, kind of just following their orders. So they walk for a while, and these dudes are small. They're like five feet, five foot four. Hey, tiny. You're tiny. Hey, you're tiny. It's not that small. It's pint sized. I'm five two. You're a tiny creature. They aren't that. You are about as tall as an alien. Oh. Uh, and so what's different? What's different now versus what Bar- Barney saw is that they're wearing matching like blue uniforms. And okay. And when he remembered looking, he saw them all wearing. They were all clad in black. And they, they were all. And they what? also they were wearing black. They were clad. Oh. In black. Yeah. That, oh yeah. Okay. And so they were also wearing blue caps as well. They were similar. They were like kind of human, and they had black. So they had hair. Black, like dark Ew. eyes, big noses, and bluish lips. Their skin being gray, Ew. and I find that to be like a common that's, theme with aliens. Is they're always going to be fucking gray. They, there's I like know, a whole that, school of thought called. But the that's grays. very different to me from the like. For sure. The epitome like of what you think of right. an alien. They're gray, big eyes. They're bald. Yeah, there is an exact image of what we think about, but uh, right. But I'm just saying that's for the for this one to have hair. Yeah. And. From what we know of, like, aliens. I mean... I mean, I've seen I, Paul. Right. No, that's what I mean. <laughs> like, the, the the depiction of aliens that we know are, like... Skin, uh, hairless. Skinny, gray, bald, Tiny. big-eyed guys. Roger. With, and they're always... And they're not clothed. Right. So this is actually intriguing because yeah. it's very different than the epitome of, like, what you think an alien is. But right. also, this is, what, 1960? Sixties. So this is kind of right so in I, that whole. No, but I'm also wondering, like, what pop culture wise has come out. You have to think about what was already out and what was already released at that time. There was a lot that, of alien content, at, like. So that yeah. you have to think about what maybe would have influenced them at that sure. time if this wasn't real. Yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm not saying it. Is. I'm just saying you have to think about. Yeah, for sure. Because obviously we're influenced when you ask us what we think aliens are. They're like these we're little right. gray, big-eyed, whatever. Yep. You know, so in this moment, in this time, I personally, just listening to the story that you're telling me, I'm just curious to know what was out already about aliens that sure. may have influenced yeah. them, even if it didn't, and maybe it is still real. There That's- is some, we will get some, we will kind of get to a few things about that. I'm just going to go back just a little bit so we know what we're talking about. 
they encounter, she's dreaming, they encounter a roadblock, she blacks out, she wakes up, these tiny men are leading her into the woods. Mm -hmm. They lead her onto a ship that's in the woods, and it's a disc-shaped craft that's made of metal, and once they're inside, they, these tiny little guys. Is this Eileen Warnos? Yes, this is. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back to try to finish this podcast about aliens. Uh, so there's se- Barney and Betty are separated and she kind of like, she kind of protests. She doesn't want to be separated from her husband. She is addressed by this man that she calls in her mind, the leader. Mm-hmm. He kind of tells her that if they're examined together, it'll take a lot longer and it's better this way. And she kind of, I guess she just agree. She doesn't have much choice, but to agree. So I assume that's the first dream. And then she dreamt that a different man or alien or Roger or whatever, Paul, conducts this exam with the leader. So the leader's there and this other guy she calls the examiner. And he was pleasant and calm. They speak to her in a way in English, but they both have a different kind of under... The the two aliens seem to have a different understanding of the English language, which to me is compelling because the leader and the examiner kind of speak to her in English but the examiner's command of the English is like he's still learning it. Like a Spanish person speaking English or an English person speaking Spanish, their their knowledge of it is imperfect, which I thought was just like a really interesting kind of detail that he would not have perfect dominion over the English language. Mm-hmm. Just as like a super smart alien, one guy does, one guy the other. It kind of just shows that they might be not human, but they have a learning curve as well too, which I think well, is Well, I've always thought that even if, if there are aliens, they're coming here and they're they're trying to learn based off of the things that they've adapted yeah. ad- adapted from other people. And that's a big deal because they might, when it comes to aliens, it's this whole thing of like, maybe they learn telephone and then they come to you and they're like, can I see your telephone? And you're like, what? Like, I just think that in the aspect of aliens, as far as I've maybe dived into, it's like they're coming at you based off of the knowledge that they've learned over the sure. years or, or sure. from this and that from 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 humans. So they're probably going to be really awkward. And the stuff that they say is not going to be really... Like contextually relevant. Or, kind of. you know, or or just in, in terms of the year you're in, it's probably not going to work. I just feel like if, if you meet an alien, they're going to be very awkward to me. Can I use your telephone? Sure. Or would you maybe let me come in and use your tel? I don't know. That's just I don't know. No, I hear you. I think that's I think, and that's what I'm saying. I think it was really interesting. So the examiner kind of conveys to Betty that they're trying to understand the correlations between their two species. They're trying to understand the similarities and the differences between humans and whatever the fuck they are. And keep in mind, Betty is just dreaming all of this based on her mm-hmm. her observations. So he cuts off some of her hair, he examines her eyes, teeth, throat, mouth, hands, Um, he cuts off some of her fingernails, he examines her legs and her feet, he then uses like a dull knife to scrape some of the skin off of her, I guess like her, off of her weenus. It doesn't say weenus, I'm just imagining that she had a dry weenus and he was Maybe her heels or some shit. Or, Or she had very dry weenus. So then he tested her. This is interesting to me, too. He apparently thrust a needle into her belly button to test her nervous system, which caused her crazy, unbearable pain. Mm-hmm. And so the examiner is the one doing this, but the leader, who's there with them, waves his hand in front of her face, 
and she forgot the pain. Okay. So just kind of interesting. I think these are kind of some of the nuances that, that I find really interesting about this story are the kind of just like, what? Yeah. The the, the examiner like didn't speak perfect English and the leader had healing. I just think it's very interesting to me. And I also feel like there you do have a lot of, you really have a lot of um, sensitivity when it comes to your belly button because that's sure. where you were. That's how you used to eat you know, food. Well, that's how you came out. Yeah, that's where you were tied off yeah. from your mother or whatever, which is such a weird thing to think about but yeah yeah so the examiner he leaves the room and betty's talking to the leader and there's all these books laying around i guess wherever they were and she picks up one of them and the leader says she can have it she can take it home this book um he asked her where they're from and who they are and all this and then apparently he pulls down like this crazy star map that she actually later recreated under hypnotism but we're gonna get to that oh my so I feel like the alien would know where she where she was from because well, know they, where she was from where they she asked them where they were from. Oh, she asked them where yeah. they were from. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then they're escorted from the ship, and there's like an argument amongst these tiny men, tiny humanoids, and the leader tells Betty that she can't in fact she cannot in fact have the book, saying that they as a collective decided they didn't want her to remember the event. Okay. So they were going to give her this memento, right. the leader was, and then I guess maybe he's not as much of a leader as we assume, and is like, okay, just kidding, you can't have this book, Yeah, uh, you're not even going to remember this. And wherein Betty swears that no matter what happens, she's going to remember. They're full on men in black, flashy thing. Yeah, they're like, dude, you're not going to remember this, and she's like, dude, no matter what ha- no matter what y'all do to me, yeah, I'm going to remember. But, you know, men, men in black, they yeah. just flashy thing you, and you don't remember. So that kind of outlines her dreams that she had after their uh, encounter with this UFO. So... So was she having these dreams, like, often? Like, she every had them, night? She had them for five nights. Five and then nights. never had them again. Five nights after the... She had them ten days after the encounter. For five nights. And then had them for five nights. Okay. So the lore goes, so the story goes. Sure. And then she never had them again. Sure. Okay. Now we're going to talk a little bit about that missing time that they experienced. So they were... They... It should have only taken them about four hours... To get home from where they were. And it took them over seven hours to get there. So UFOologists call this stuff missing time. Uh, the Hills claim to recall almost nothing of the 35 miles between Lincoln and Indian and at Lincoln and Ashland. Both claim to recall this image of that like fiery ball on the ground. They both kind of reasoned that it must have been the moon, but there were these guys who were, I guess, fact-checking them trying to disprove it, and they were Homan and Jackson, and they had formed, informed the whole squad and everybody interested that the moon had already set earlier in the evening. So they would the moon wouldn't be perceptible to them. So uh, okay. because of this, because of this missing time, hypnosis comes up. Okay. Barney, being like just a dude, was kind of, I think, and I think, I think I would be apprehensive about hypnotism as well. I just think like a loss of control and somebody taking control of my mind is scary. I mean, he, only if you believe in it. Yeah, he was apprehensive, and he also called it nonsense. And also called Betty's dreams nonsense as well. And I think he did this because he was trying to move past it. Wait, so There's her a, husband was going into hypnosis? No, the hypnosis comes up as like, maybe you guys should look into doing hypnosis. And Barney's like, no, nah, I'm not trying to do that. But maybe it'll help Betty get this nonsense That's her out husband, of her head. That's, yes. He's like, okay. Cause, so yeah. he's not even really on that that on board with everything she's saying. I believe that he was. 
I just believe he was trying to move past it. I believe he okay. thinks... I believe he knows that they went through it all. Okay. But I think he wanted to put he it behind did. them. Okay. And move forward. That's okay. just my personal thought based on what I've read. So, they end up getting linked up with this guy. And his name, his was, name was Benjamin Simon. Not Benjamin Linus. Benjamin nah. Simon. And he's from Boston. And he's a hypnotist. Hashtag lost. Hashtag lost. So Simon agrees to hypnotize these guys. And this is about three years later. This is where 1963 now. And their motivation to do this is to just... Mental health, I think, at this point, because they both are going through it. Betty can't have, find closure. I think my man Barney's trying to But are they trying to, trying to, to like, prove it, it to somebody? Is there is there somebody who's asking them I mean, to at do this, this point, they've already actually submitted to um, Project Blue Book, which is an official like organization inside the air force that research researches ufos they've garnered a lot of press and right, all this i, mean, I kind this, of omitted some of that because i just don't think it's necessary but i mean this this thing that you're talking about right now where they're they're gonna go ahead and like yeah. after all these years they're gonna go ahead and do this because like, why why because are they barney doing? wanted barney thought that it would help betty he said i think it'll help betty get through so this. he was the mo barney was the motivation for this sure they were experiencing tumultuous shit in their lives and they were just looking for a way to solve it that's how we're going to rationalize it for the sake of this narrative. So, early in their discussion, Simon determined that the UFO encounter was causing Barney a lot of worry and, and anxiety, but he wasn't really willing to talk about it. It seemed obvious to him that the Hills truly believed they had had this experience. And he was kind of just trying to lend himself to the process through hypnosis, like... Whatever I can, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't believe in this. I'm not going to say I do believe in this. I can just tell the anxiety, stress, and angst it's putting on these and, people. And he felt like collectively they both agreed. They both believed that it, they, right. yeah. So he started hypnotizing them in 1964, and this event started in 1961. It happened in 1960, three years later. He hypnotized them separately, and several times between January and June of 1964, he did this. He 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 hypnotized them separately so they could there wouldn't be collusion. They wouldn't overhear each other or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because he is also, I think, trying to figure it out. Um, and at the end of each session, he reinstated apparently amnesia, so they wouldn't remember their sessions. Why? So I guess it's a. I don't know. I think it's a hypnotism thing. I don't know. So he went with he hypnotized Barney first. Did he record it? Uh, I I don't know. Maybe, but not, if there's audio and stuff about it, I don't I don't have yeah. it or anything. Yeah. So. When he hypnotized Barney, his reactions were emotional. He expressed fear, emotional outbursts, and just just all out kind of a lack of control. Barney said that part of it all was his, this fear that he kept his eyes closed for a lot of the abduction and the physical examination, which is why he claims to not have remembered much. Mm. Okay. Simon told Barney that he would not remember the hypnosis sessions until he was certain he could remember them without being further traumatized. So he would, like, keep, like... I guess that's how hypnotism works. Like, you're not going to worry about this. And so you don't worry about it. I don't fucking know. It seems like what? crazy kind of magic. But Barney reported while under hypnosis that the binocular strip strap had broken when he ran from the UFO after he'd gotten out of the car and looked at it. But then after this, as they're driving away, he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and go into the woods. He eventually sighted six men standing in the road. Uh, so, okay, so they were still in the car at this point, actually, and the car stalled. 
He drove into the woods and the car... He was driving, like, in, I guess, around the outskirts of the woods and the car stalled. And three of these small men approached the car. Okay. They tell Barney not to be scared, but he was still obviously fucking... But where... And his wife is not... She's still in the car with him, yep. She's still just right there with him. And he felt like the leader told Barney to close his eyes. And while hypnotized, Barney said... And some of the shit that he says while under hypnosis is creepy as fuck. But he said, I felt like the eyes, the eyes of the leader had pushed into my eyes. Ew. Barney describes these aliens, beings, humanoids, or whatever, being really similar to Betty's same recollections in her hypnotic experience. Not her dream, but in her hypnosis. I guess the results were a little different. They often would stare into his eyes, and they would have like just a really scary hypnotizing effect. These eyes would just like capture him. And so while he's under hypnosis, he would say kind of weird shit like, oh, those eyes, they're, they are in my brain. Ew. I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. All I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to my body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. Ew. So my man Barney, he's getting hypnotized, uh, and he has a lot of anxiety about their eyes and all this. So Barney tells that he and Bar- he and Betty were separated. He corroborates that, like from her dreams and while he is being hypnotized, he said they were separated. Uh, he was taken into a room by three of these little men and told to lie on a little table. So Betty, she's brave as shit because chicks are brave, and she kind of in her dreams, remarks on seeing all this examination, whereas Barney kept his eyes closed. So he notes that he kept his eyes closed for most of the examination, but does recall uh, a cup-type thing being placed over his, his, his goody bits, his meat and two veg, his, his situation. His dick and his balls? His, his well, yeah. His, um, his twig and berries. Oh. Yeah. That's weird. Twig and berries. Uh, and so he didn't, (laughs) he didn't experience, uh, how do you say, an, well, he didn't reach a climax. He didn't have a sexual orgasm? He did not reach a, we don't know if it was pleasurable, but he does state that he thought they had taken sperm from him when they put this little cup over him. But he doesn't remember. Having, like, ejaculation. And he also doesn't remember them, like, putting something, like, They put a cup over his balls and his dick. Anyway. So that like happened. So like they're, they're dome, doing all this hot, weird shit to him. A dome that just like pulled out of him. Yeah, just a little dome that just sucks all your all your little your fishes out. So they also scrape his skin, look in his ears, like and all what this. Skin? It <laughs> it is not what specific about what. Sk- well, on her, made? they kind of like took skin scrapings and things. So I assume it's a similar process. They don't. I'm, no, no, no. But like, not his. When, not when his you di- were, we're we're away from the dick now. I know, but when you were talking about her. It seemed like they were getting it, I don't know, for some reason I feel like they were getting it from, like, her heels or something. Well, it, I, I guess it, whatever they do, I think well, it was a similar... You, I mean, there's not that many places you can just scrape skin off of someone. Uh, maybe, depends on your ability. They're an alien, advanced, seemingly Ew. alien race. It's like, they, I just picture, like, one of those potato peelers, and they're just like, shit, 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 we got some skin. That's what they used. Ew. So they say that 
And I guess this is kind of... I wonder if this is where the verbiage about, like, alien probes and stuff's come from in pop culture, but it does state that, based on what he kind of said during his hypnosis, a thin tube or cylinder was inserted into the anus. Into his... Wait. Oh, yeah. What? Okay. But then quickly it was... That's, like, a big thing in alien abductions. It's like, a, they, they probe your butt. Oh, I don't... It's like a, you don't know about that. It's, it's rookie stuff. I guess not. They stick stuff up your butt when you get abducted I by guess aliens. I don't really believe in aliens, so I'm not really... I'm not keen on Yet, that. Yet, this is not... I don't this know is the so most much con- about the... This is a lot different than the hollow work, though. Uh, I literally thought you were going to say it was like a catheter. I was not even thinking about the butt. It was a butt catheter that took stuff. So, but he... It was quickly removed. And I would the just ca- say, the, as the a probe, guy, it's not probe, easy to say that I had something stuck. The up probe like was quickly removed, or his statement was quickly removed. The the thin tube or cylinder Ew. was quickly removed. Ouch. He also, and I don't know about this, but it says that someone felt his spine and counted his vertebrae. Okay, like up inside of him, or outside I think of him? I think so. I think they were in his body. Ew. Maybe the probe went all the way up. But no, the the probe was the probe was out of the butt. It didn't go up into the spine. But he maybe he doesn't know. Because yeah. he said it was... Maybe it was like... Rat, that, but, you well, know, alien until technology. we understand more about anus navigation in regards to the vertebrae... Well, when I don't speaking think, about alien tech, I think I don't think we saying. will understand about any of that until we know that al- anything about aliens. So aliens. We, can, we can assume that... Aliens exist. He took the thing and went up his butt and it went all the way up to his vertebrae and he came back out in two seconds and he was like, he counted his vertebrae, he went and got DNA, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. probed him. It's all very possible. If, 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 if the realm of where this scenario That's is possible, saying. then that is also possible. You were like, I don't know. But I so, mean. Betty reported having a conversation with the leader that she understood in English. I kind of feel like Betty like brainwashed what was his name? If you don't remember at this point. Literally, Harold? Remember. Why can I not think of his Harold name? Harold is his name. What the fuck is his name? Barney. Barney. Why can I not remember his name? That's literally a childhood character. That big purple I still remember dinosaur. Vince, I still remember Vincent Lee. Okay. I hope you do. I'm not going to forget him. You're you already gonna, forgot my guy Barney. No, it's because you're never going to get on a fucking Greyhound bus gray ever never I almost called it a gray bus because I'm thinking about aliens, grays. It's right. a whole thing. It's all connected. They were well. the Greyhound. So, let me get back to it. Barney also said that he heard them speaking in a language that he did not understand while at the same time hearing them in English. So Betty, they, that's just one of the things that I say. They, they both mentioned this right, separated right. from each other while under hypnosis. That's weird. That they could understand they could understand them in one language while not understand them in another while they spoke the same like simultaneously, which I think is fucking fascinating. So he can remember them in both languages as well. Only while he was under hypnosis. He didn't have most of this in his cognitive okay. thinking. Okay. So Barney thought that because of this, he called it thought transference. And this is really interesting, but it's because he wasn't un- he was unfamiliar with the term telepathy, which I guess is like, this is the 60s, it's not a huge yeah, thing. Comics, new. books, and all this, he wouldn't have heard about that so much. So they both stated they hadn't observed the being's mouth moving when hearing English. Mm. They never saw their mouths moving at all, but heard them communicating, which they both attributed to telepathy Mm -hmm. in their own understanding of it, which I think is super interesting that they could, oh, they were, they were sending us their thoughts, but that's a, that's an idea in the mass consciousness, which we call telepathy. And I think that that is, that is like kind of like 
the sinews and strings of like what I really want to talk about is like this deep stuff in human consciousness that we all relate to and like kind of the reason I think we have these kinds <laughs> of stories. Anyway, sorry. ESP. Yeah, all of that is every culture has a name for it. Every culture has yeah. a, a this or a that for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So he then remembers being removed from the ship and taken back to his car where he watched the ship depart. He remembers seeing a light appearing on the road, which if you look back, he remembers, they both remember seeing an orb mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh no, not again. And I don't know why the fuck he what? said that. Uh, he recalled Betty's speculation that the light had been the moon, though the moon had in fact set several hours earlier. He also stated... And the moon doesn't just go like, hey, hold, like, goodbye. Yeah. The moon doesn't just like take off. The moon is like a slowly moving... Right? Yeah. He also said that he tried to replicate the buzzing sounds that were striking the car before their abduction by driving side to side and stopping and starting the vehicle just to try to rationalize this it, I guess. after this whole, like, apparent abduction. They, this is like, when they woke up. Right, and then he's like, oh, Maybe no, I keep fucking... No, well, guess what? We're gonna try to do these things. Like, based that's on, bonkers. Based on the, what the results they found from hypnosis. Oh. Not his general memory. They, oh. This was all hypnotized out of his ass. Oh. Which I think is crazy. I know, that's what I was saying. Like, I wouldn't be like, let's try to do this. Let's try to do that. Like, I'd be yeah. like, no, let's go the fuck home. What the fuck just happened? And, you know, I think they were in a daze and they did go home. You know, like, you wake up in a funk. You don't remember how you got there. You might take a few minutes to self-rationalize. And I think that that's what they did when they came into their own. They're like... Okay, let's try to re... Okay, how can I reproduce this sound? I have to rationalize it for my brain. This doesn't make sense. So he's jerking the car into all these gears, moving it all, all over the place. But to, was all of that when they were coherent? Or was a lot of that the, when they were still... He remembers it only in the hypnotism, to my knowledge. He doesn't remember that in his general uh, knowledge. Okay. Because he was quick to state that he a little, blocked little a lot bit, of it out. Which is also a little bit of like a... Potential cop-out. Eh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't remember, remember it and... You know, that's if you if you believe in hypnotism, then I need to okay. be hypnotized before I'll ever believe in it. But there are right. so many compelling cases I think about hypnotism. I find it so weird. I just I wanted just, to just be I just, weird. Coming up doing card tricks and stuff, I was getting to the level to where hypnotism was like kind of like the next plot and the next. It's one of the next things you do when you get to a certain level of like. Being mentalism a and this. And, well, I was kind of all right at it. And there's like a whole element that's called mentalism where you do fringe stuff that have a practical application but seem mythic. And hypnotism being one of them. There's a I mean there are magicians that there are people that started as magicians and became hypnotists. Do you know what I'm saying? I know, but there's like, no but the hypnotism the, itself hypnotism seems mythical. It seems magical to me. The only way I would ever believe, yeah, and in hypnotism if, if it, it happened, happened to, to myself yeah. to me personally no. and so anyone listening we challenge you hypnotize us we'll make it a podcast what's up yeah if you want to hypnotize us but just be nice let's go but just be nice well no there's not it's it's only a you can hypnotize people making do fucked up shit oh that's weird you make people say i mean it's mind control i think i don't know now we're going to talk about betty's sessions under hypnotism with mr simon <clears throat> okay. So her account of the incidents are crazy similar to her dreams, but there are a couple little differences. Details pertaining to her capture and the release are a little different, 
the technology on the craft was different, and the little dudes, these alien guys, had a significantly different appearance than what she rationalized in her dreams. Based off of her... The hypnotism brought out different results than her dreams. Oh, okay. What she initially said, then, yeah. then, then when, when she was hypnotized, it... She was saying she said different shit. Yeah, but they parallel like stupid crazy. Okay, but 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 there were differences. Yeah. So what the most what I thought was the most important part is that Barney and Betty's memories in hypnotic regression were consistent with one another, but they didn't rationalize her dreams. So they ex- okay. they experienced through their hip their hypnotic kind of recitations about everything that happened. Okay. Were the same. But they different. They differed from her dreams. But dreams are, how do you say? Uh, but her dreams were what were supposed to be. What literally what she encountered from when she was abduct was yeah. quote unquote abducted. Which I think is her uh, human abducted. mind, her human creative conscious reacting. Okay. To what happened. So shouldn't they be the same when she's under hypnosis? Shouldn't they be the exact same? Because well, they're just well, making imagine, her regress. Imagine her, you have a really bad day. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, on that bad day, you drop something important and it breaks. Then that night, you go home, you stress out about it, you dream about it. You drop that same thing, but it's covered in gold and everyone you've ever known or loved is there to see it happen. Right, but when... So, so I would just say there's creative... But, if, but like, I would think that if, if, with what you just said, if I came home and I dropped something important and then I went home and I dreamt about it... And then I was hypnotized. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to bring out the truth, right? Right. So which I it, would think that that which arguably it did mm-hmm. because her dream was different than what she saw. But what she saw hypnotically was like hypnotically. I hope that's a word. Mm-hmm. Was scary comparable to what her man saw. So that's but a little that's different all- from her dream because you have to take creative license mm-hmm. because of the dream. But what she saw based on hypnosis married with what her husband said, which I think is really crazy. Sure, sure. And I'm not saying that that's... But you also have to believe in hypnosis and not the fact that they were both not just like, oh, and now you're in her... And they both just bullshitted the exact same shit because they'd had so long to... Sure. You know, sure. Yeah. come up with a story. Yeah. I personally would like to try to be put under hypnosis to see what it's like because I can't say it's a thing or it's not a thing because I've never I've never done it I've never experienced it so I don't know sure sure uh but based on the stories Barney and Betty's hypnosis were their stories were consistent with one another okay um with the same the same story with the The, same hypnosis yeah the the two of them yeah exactly Doc Mr. Simon or whatever they gave consistent stories across the board Mm mm-hmm at one point, Betty like had like an ex- like a serious emotional response during um, her hypnotism based on her capture. Like so, when she was when they were abducted and part of her examination, like his hypnotic, I guess, probing into her elicited such a response that he had to like take her out of hypnosis because she was Ew, that so crying and his, like, physically dis- distressed hip- and hip- stuff. Hypnotic probing. Well, he hypnotized Ooh, but he, he took her too deep down the rabbit hole. Oh, he so, Ugh. I don't know if you remember, but she talks about seeing this leader and the leader showing her a star map. So Simon, who's the hypnotist, right. tells Betty, maybe you could while hypnotized, maybe you could draw it. 
she described it as a three-dimensional projection similar to like a hologram, but she did her best and she drew it. Although she said the map had many stars, she only drew those that stood out in her brain. Uh, her map consisted of uh, like a bunch of spots, but it was like 12 stars connected by lines and three lesser ones that formed a distinctive triangle. So her map consisted of a bunch of spots, uh, but they were like mostly these prominent stars connected by lines, and then a separate one with three lesser spots that formed a triangle. She said that she was told the stars connected by solid lines were trade routes, whereas dashed lines were less traveled stars. So that three little, uh, those three lines that formed a triangle, these are these less traveled stars, whereas everything else that was mapped in this star map is a huge trade route in space, which is interesting to think about, that that would be one of the things she analyzed was, oh, look at this intergalactic or interplanetary trade route and look at these others which are like less traveled locations which sure. is it's just super fucking interesting that this would be her takeaway from it mm -hmm. so that kind of concludes their hypnotism and everything so now we'll talk about what simon this hypnotist thought he being simon speculated that barney's recollection barney who always kind of had like that i'm just trying to move away from it i just want to get past it was possibly a fantasy inspired by Betty's dreams. Being that he based his beliefs off of Betty's beliefs. He thought it was the most reasonable explanation. But Barney was like, hell no. Dog, our memories are the same, but there are differences based on our experiences. So Barney was like, I don't, I don't agree with you, man. I had different experiences while having a consistent experience with my wife. I had experiences that Betty didn't have, that Betty's explanations can't explain. Mm -hmm. I experienced my own thing. This happened. Yeah. Barney's just getting fucked. So at this point, Barney was like, this happened. He's like, fuck you. You don't know I'm going to embrace it. But he never about. embraced it the same way that Betty did. Um, Betty just wanted a book deal. Oh, she fucking... I bet she got it. I don't want... I didn't get into any of that, but there's a bunch... There's like a movie, and there's books that came out of this, okay. and... Uh, the Boston Traveler picked up a story about it. Are they it. still together? They're both dead. They're both dead. Oh, shit. They're old. They were old. Fuck. Yeah, they were old. Okay, we'll finish. God damn. Despite the Hills and Simon not agreeing on the truth of it, of it all, they all agreed that the hypnosis sessions were effective, and the Hills, after this hypnosis, were no longer sort of plagued by the whole experience. They found closure through this this whole interview hypnosis process. Simon went on to do, you know, articles and stuff about this. Um, and that's pretty much, there's publicity and stuff, and there's like a movie about to be made about it and stuff. And there are about people that, to be made about it? Yeah, I mean, it's a cool, I mean, imagine the play-by-play the -play if you look at it like a true it's story. So, you know, it's like so it's, long ago, I don't, yeah. I cannot even fathom the fact that there's just now a movie being There's made been books it. made, a, one of the books called The Interrupted Journey uh, by this dude named John G. Fuller. It talks a lot about the Hill's claims, and then there's been a lot of people that have refuted the whole thing, noting... Uh, and this is one of the things that pissed me off, actually. Uh, they were an interracial couple uh, uh -huh. in the early 60s. And oh, 
Yeah. Some of the people that refuted this, uh, which is actually fucking crazy, some of the psychiatrists that heard about the case or researched it or whatever suggested that their abduction claims was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in the early 1960s United States. That's disgusting. Which I think is... Fucking gross. Just come on, man. Of all the things you could rationalize... It's so fucking stupid. Oh, man. That's like pure... They were married forever. They had a happy relationship. Um, they, they were... And that was the 60s, right? They had, there was no... There were no interracial the issues in their personal relationship their entire No, 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 but that was the 60s, right? Yeah, I mean, That was just, like, pure 60s bullshit. For sure, and like, I just, like... They deserved better to, than, like, based on their experience to be, like, they're black and white. The yeah. stress caused them it, to see little green men from outer space. Right, even like, if it had been, like... Yeah, if it had been two white people... Get the fuck out of here, so man. That's so fucking fucking oh, stupid. Oh, my fucking God. So that is essentially what I figured out about Betty and Barney Hill. A story which I found to be crazy interesting. I was actually looking into doing... Uh, two different topics when I started the research for this podcast. One of which was going to be... for this episode? Yeah, for this episode. I was going to do one about aliens, then I was going to do one about something else, and then it all kind of fell in together, and I found I found this topic, and I was like, oh my gosh, what a cool story. Uh, and it's one of the grassroots, like, U.S. Yeah. citizen abductions. It's just wild, and... You want to know what I think? What do you think? I believe it. You believe her? You believe... I believe they were abducted okay. by aliens. But I'm, honestly, I, like, from all the different takes that I've heard on this story, I don't even believe that her husband believes it. I think that it's not easy to be put into an impossible situation. Especially, like, imagine the, 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 the predicated ideals of this guy that you know like we don't know what kind of guy this guy was we don't know anything and i think that he was just trying to protect his wife i think he was trying to protect his life and he experienced something he couldn't explain and his and i think the way a lot of dudes would handle it is to be like let's pretend that shit didn't happen." right but something that also i believe it but something also that i know just from hearing like stories about this is that they came out with this I don't, I don't know the timeline, but, like, a couple weeks or a month after the first literal sci-fi TV debut Yeah, of an I alien. saw some of that. There were some stuff about the Twilight no, but it, Zone no, 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 and no, different no, alien like, shows and stuff. No, it was like, no, 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 no. It was the first ever debut on TV of an alien, which looked as of a gray person. Damn. Which was, like, a couple weeks, year before... They claimed this stuff. Yeah, and and I I read some of that, and I think that that is, for me, I choose to believe in a world where there is some science fiction, and I believe. And you're you you're somewhat you lean way more towards the science science fiction beliefs. I I lean way more towards the ghostly spiritual beliefs, and for me, it's like well. There are just elements to this story that I find to be so, like, why would you say that? Why would you say that that's what happened? Right. If that's not... But it's also... Some of the nuances I just find to be so rich It's also curious to me that, like, they came out with this story, I don't know, a month after the first um, 
it television depiction or? of an alien, yeah. and they described it the same way as the first television depiction of an alien. But there's also the whole star map thing. There, no, I'm not saying that they're not yeah. telling the truth. I mean, then you, they're telling their truth. I yeah. think you know. Let's hope. Yeah, I uh, think what's the most interesting thing about it for me is that it was a long time ago, mm-hmm, for and sure. it was before it was easy to make claims like this. Well, I. On top of the fact that they were a couple that probably endured a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. And they 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 had to be themselves no matter what. And I think they represented themselves in such an interesting way. And I think that I I, I can see the visuals. And mm-hmm. it plays like a large-scale, like, J.J. Right. Uh, Abrams movie. Like, this couple driving on the road in this old-school car, listening to old-school tunes, and this fucking spaceship. And it sounds like Close Encounters. When we started this podcast, I was like, I'm going to clown every conspiracy theory because I used to buy into them and this and that. And I found this, yes, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I was originally going to talk about a whole other alien thing and found this and was like, oh my God, this is really compelling. This is really interesting. And even if it's, I mean, because this this kind of stuff will always come down to just like, you either believe it or you don't. Right. And this is one of those where I just find like, the elements of it, I don't know if it's, like, what appeals to me or whatever, but I, it feels very X-Files to me. It feels very organic to me. It feels like it was an accident that all this happened. And I don't know, man. I I always try to end it out with, like, how I feel about, but I, I think this happened. I think those folk went through something. And even if it's not, what maybe it was reptilians putting them through uh, a Matrix. Oh no! Don't experience. bring the reptilians into it. I can't. <laughs> I be- I think no. that I think that they were they experienced something that was a phenomenon. I and also that's think, all I would say. That's that's my end all be all. I think they experienced a phenomenon. And I'm not saying that they didn't. I just think that they were at a time where it was a new sci-fi sure. development, sure. and maybe they took it upon themselves to make their own thing because they had a lot of similarities based yeah. off of like television stuff that And that had was kind of like out. the birth of all of that too of sci-fi television sure. in the 60s yeah, and all of sure. that. Sure. But at the same time like I think you get to a point where it's like I can believe one thing or I can believe this other thing and I don't know I I will always resign myself I think to believe in the more fantastical. And so as a result I I can see all of the reasons why this would not be plausible and the hypnotism and the cultural references and their interests in all of it, but I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm staying true to this one. I think they experienced something and I... Uh, it's just funny that you say that because at the same time I feel like you don't believe in ghosts. I, I haven't heard a story compelling enough oh. that, that I would consider it compelling as this Wait to change my Wait mind. Wait for it. We're yeah. going to get there. I think we gotta wrap this shit up. So, thank you so much for listening to We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast. This has been our third episode. Our third episode. And this one was a two-parter, so thank you so much for sticking with us. We both just were really passionate about our subjects, I think, and had We to, got to drink and then yeah, know things. Yeah, we had to just roll so over it. It had to be two episodes, because we didn't want to jip you from details or facts or whatever, even though we might not be the best at them but 
And obviously the format of our podcast is going to continue to change as yeah. our understanding of what we're doing changes. So thank you for being with us, and we invite you to leave reviews on our iTunes. Uh, please go to our website, leave us reviews on that. Our website is wedrinkandweknowthings.com. Also, feel we iterated in the beginning, but one more time. Yeah. Email us at wedrinkandweknowthingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much. We look forward to bringing you another episode. We hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to us and just follow us wherever you can and leave us feedback, email us, give us whatever, tweet us, Instagram yeah. us, give us whatever you think, whatever you feel. If you have uh, just topic ideas, let us know. And we just really, 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 really appreciate you guys following us. And thank you so much. And we'll get, we'll see you guys next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Man, damn, cool. Episode three. Boo! Oh, my God. Oh, I biffed it. <laughs>